Yo, what's up? This is your boy, Derek Branch here at Strike7Sports.com. And this is another episode of Strike7Sports Podcast. Tonight, I'm going to talk about a few, um, you know, transactions that have uh, transpired in the world of uh, college football, along with uh, one NFL topic tonight. Uh, first, we're going to start off with the news that was uh, broke on uh, Monday concerning uh, the Auburn Tigers football program, and that's mainly involves Hugh Freeze, who was the head coach of Liberty University, recognized as one of the top offensive minds in college football. You put him right up there with the, uh, you know, the chip of, Chip Kelly's, Lincoln Riley's, uh, Mike Leach, you know, the Ryan Days, all those, all those great names that are, you know, associated with high-powered offenses in, you know, college football, Sonny Dykes, you know, what have you. He is the new head coach of the Auburn Tigers. Now, you know, he's back in SEC, you know, for now. He was his prior prior to being at Liberty. He was the head coach of the uh, Ole Miss Rebels. You know, you already know the story. Of what had went down with scandal and you know the violation that they uh, broke NCAA violations that came down program. Uh, I think I think they had to set out a year. If I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, uh, complaining in uh, any bowls that year. But he's back. He's back in the SEC. With, as the head coach of the uh, Auburn Tigers, and I think it's now it's it's fair to <coughs> excuse me talk about his expectations and that the expectations for he freeze in that first year with Auburn. Now, for me, I don't expect him to pull a uh, Brian Kelly where he just you know exceed every day. You know, winning a lot of big games, you know, playing the SEC championship game in that first year, I don't, I don't expect that. But then again, in that same token, you never know. Because we got the NIL is, is, is a game changer now where you can go out at a transfer portal and get players. Get you get, you know, three to five star recruits. No, well, not recruits, but three to five star talent that have played in other programs and build your roster up. Um gonna interesting it's gonna be interesting to see how Hugh does in regard not in regards to that situation. You know, given that he has the more resources now to recruit and bring ballot talent to that pro to to Auburn, you know it's gonna be interesting to see. You know, we, we saw what he did at Liberty. Um program was pretty successful on this watch. Uh, made uh, Malik Willis into a uh, NFL draft pick, a third-round pick. Guy that was projected by many to be a first-round pick, but he fell to the third round. When he was at uh, Mississippi University of Mississippi, they had some pretty high-powered offenses. He um, beat Nick Saban two years in a row. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's the only coach to do that while Nick Saban's at uh, Alabama. You know, if, you, if, you, if I'm wrong, you let me know in the comment section below um, the coaches that were successful. But I think he's the only guy that have took down Nick Saban two years in a row in the SEC West, you know, more particular. But regardless of what his past is, you know, the guy 
can't coach. The guy is a good head coach. You know, he was able to, you know, <clears throat> assemble that those Mississippi teams with good players, with good with good talent. And I'm more than sure that it's going to be the same at Auburn. It's going to be the same. Uh, pretty sure that a lot of those players that he had at uh, Liberty are going to hit that transfer portal and possibly join him at um, Auburn. So I think that first year, I think they can win. Looking at their schedule, they probably can win about seven to eight games. You know, eight game, eight win season could possibly be their the, uh, floor. It depends on who the quarterback is in Auburn. I don't know if um, DJ Finley is gonna um, stay, be the, uh, the quarterback. I mean, because I know he got uh, benched. You know, for um, this season, got a little trouble as well. So we'll see. But next season, you got the non-conference schedule pretty soft. You got UMass. <coughs> you play Cal. Play Sanford. Of course, you got uh, Texas A&M at College Station. Got Georgia at home, LSU and uh, Baton uh, Bat Rouge. So it'd be interesting to see what he's gonna do. You know how that talent, the talent he assembles, how that's gonna, they're gonna make an impact in that first year. But Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze back in the SEC as the head coach of the uh, Auburn Tigers. So I think if he has, you know, the the guy that he wants that quarterback for the time being, along with, you know, the remaining um, surrounding pieces, you know, wide receiver, the running back, I know defense. It's probably gonna be a seven to eight win team, man. But we won't know we won't know for sure what their projections could be until he builds that roster out with the personnel that he wants, you know, the quarterback, you know, the wide receiver, you know, assistance of that matter. We'll know for sure we can – everybody can give him – give that team a right, the right projections for that year, for that for next season. But I just think that – I think they can make a bowl. I think they'll be a bowl team. Not in the year six bowl. I don't think they'll win the uh, SEC West, and I don't think they'll win the, the Iron Bowl next season. You know, that's that's something you can look forward to the following year. Not not next year. I don't think they win the Iron Bowl, and that's. But then again, you never know. You know, Brian Kelly, you know, hit it out of the park in his first year. But the thing is, I know a lot of people. You know, I'm a follower of LSU football, but. A lot of people on the outside, you know, kind of blown away on how Kelly has done in his first year at uh, LSU. I'm not because it's not that hard. No, it's not hard that it's not that hard to rebuild LSU, in my opinion. It shouldn't even really you don't you don't even really need a rebuild in LSU. You need like a good retooling, you know. And Kelly has been doing this with compared by many, you know, experts, many pundits. 
this is not a good LSU roster. And he's making he's making these type, yeah, this, he's having this type of impact. But I don't think that's gonna be the same for Hugh Freeze. And I think the fan base out there should not have those should not place those type of expectations on Hugh Freeze to expect him to be Brian Kelly in his first year. I wouldn't expect that. Don't don't get your hopes up. But expect I expect a competitive team. I expect that offense to be a lot better. Um, I expect a high-powered offense this year. I expect them to be in the bowl in twenty, going to twenty twenty-three. There will be a bowl. There'll be a seven to eight win team. So there's that. Hugh Freeze back at the SEC uh, as, as the uh, head coach of the Auburn Tigers. All right, we're gonna segue. We're gonna segue into another um, college football uh, head coaching topic, and that's the news concerning. Deion Sanders. So you haven't been following, you know, the situation is that um, Deion Sanders is the head coach of the Jackson State Tigers school that is in the uh, HBCU, historical black black colleges and universities. They're 11 and 0 right now, and they'll be playing in the SWAT championship, SWAT championship this Saturday against Southern down in Jackson, Mississippi. But outside of that, there's been rumors swirling since the beginning of of the month, maybe even since October, about Dion possibly leaving the uh, the SWAC, the uh, HBCU, Jackson State, and going into a um, a PWI, private white institute, P five school, G five. You know, you know what it is, but. Um. The latest today is that the choices have been narrowed down to Cincinnati, um, South Florida, and Colorado. Now, he has came out and confirmed that those those schools like Colorado have made offers to him. They offered their job to him to take. Now, Cincinnati, I hear that Cincinnati has that offer on the table as well. I'm hearing about I've been hearing about South Florida as well. And there's been a there's been a lot of people have been, have been saying a lot of good things about that, the South Florida job and the opening and how it could be a um, a potential gold mine because of the recruits, the location of where it's at geographically in Tampa in Florida, Tampa, they're playing the uh, NFL stadium. That doesn't really matter is the stadium, but the location of where the, the program is situated at right now, it's surrounded at right now. And the report is that Dion will inform Jackson State, the the players and, and the recruits who any player that um had interest in committing to Jackson State because of Dion, that he's gonna have his decision made by Sunday. So it's according to uh came by via Kevin O'Donnell of Fox 13 in Tampa Bay. That's the situation right now. Poor O'Donnell, the finalists seem to be Colorado, USF, and Cincinnati. So I think in my head, in my heart, I think Dion is gonna stay at Jackson State. And uh, continue to build that program, and you know, wait for another job to open up, possibly. 
but my heart, my my heart says, well, my head says that one of these jobs, he could take one of these jobs. That Colorado job, I don't know if that's a Colorado hasn't been that program since that type of program since the nineties, the the late, I would say the mid to late to late two thousands. Colorado had a good football program. The nineties, the early nineties, early to mid nineties, there were contending for national championships. There were in New Year, um, the New Year Six type bowls. There were on that level, but they haven't been that way. That they haven't been on that level in a long time, and that's standing in a while. But I won't put it past Dion just to be to, to take the job, just to like show people that of what he's made of and the buzz and how you can recruit and all that. But if if I had to be a bad man, I think he would take that South Florida job. He stayed there for a couple of years. Didn't go to a P5 school. That's what I think could happen. Honestly, you know, in Cincinnati, he would do pretty good, pretty good there as well. He would be in a P5 school. Um, they're going to the, the, the Big 12 next year. And he could contend right away for national championships. <coughs> um, each three of these, these, these jobs are interesting, in my opinion. It would be interesting to see. If Dion could replicate what he's doing at Jackson State in regards to turning around the program, having compete for championships, bringing in you know four and five star recruits, could he do that? Could he replicate that success at one of these schools? Um, each of them present unique challenges. You know, South Florida, in my opinion, would be the, the easiest route to. I would say turn around the program and have it contend for conference, contend for conference championships, playoff bursts, and you know when it expands to twelve teams, and those things of that matter. But Colorado, Cincinnati, those programs, you're gonna be you're dealing with other um, type of coaches. You're dealing with good coaches in those programs. You know, not saying that you don't have that at uh, the American Conference, but Colorado, you're gonna deal with. You gonna be, you'll be the head coach. But you'll be dealing with going against guys like a Dan Lenning at uh, um, Oregon, um, Kyle Whittingham at um, Utah, uh, the coach, the new coach down at uh, UW in Washington. Uh, Washington State has a pretty good coach. But to go on the bright side, you have to deal with uh, well, you got to deal with USC for like another year, USC UCLA for another year. But other than that, man, he should be straight. But Cincinnati, you go into a Big Twelve conference, a conference that is known, excuse me, is known for scoring a lot of points, putting up a lot of points on a uh, on their opponents. They score a lot of points against each other. Defense is optional in that conference. Um, it'll be interesting to see how you attack that situation. Is his teams going to be, you know, balanced? Are they going to be a typical, you know, big, big 12 program where the defenses are like, you know, bend but don't break, you know, 
only get, get, get up the field on third down, uh, make a few stops here and there, but everything is really about the offense, scoring touchdowns, score, score, scoring. It'll be interesting to see. But I think by the end of Sweat Championship game, I think Deion Sanders will be the head coach at Jackson State, in my opinion. I think he's going to remain at the pro at uh, Jackson State, at the Tigers. And possibly next year when a bigger job opens up, he'll probably take it. He'll probably make that jump. But me personally, I think he should stay at Jackson State until he's ready to go. You know, continue to be part of that change, be part of the, the paradigm shift or in regards to HBCU, um, football, athletics, and continue to do great things out there because the fans out there, you know, people that attend that school, based on what I've seen, they really appreciate it. They really appreciate it and enjoying every minute of it while he's the head coach. Uh, he's the head coach at uh, Jackson State. But I think by the end of Saturday, that's about the end of the game, that game, I think Prime will be to remain the head coach at uh, Jackson State. So we'll see how everything plays out. I've been wrong. I'll be – I probably, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves, but I've been wrong in the past before. It is what it is. All right. Moving right along. Now we're going to talk about Ryan Day, man. Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, Ohio State has lost for the second year in a row under the head coach of Ryan Day to the Michigan Wolverines, Jim Harbaugh's, uh, Jim Harbaugh's Michigan Wolverines, two years in a row. They were beat pretty bad this past week against the Wolverines. 40 points. They dropped Michigan, dropped 40 points on them. Once again, they did it last year in last year's um, historical meeting. And this year, they do it again. So right now, Jim Harbaugh, is um on top of uh Ryan Day right now in regards to having a more dominant program out of the two rivals. And we see it, clearly see it. Um I was wrong about uh Michigan. I didn't think I didn't think it could be the Ohio State, but they proved me wrong. But we're gonna bring this back to Ryan Day. So Ryan Day took over for Urban Meyer Back in uh, after the 2018 season, he took over. You know, pretty much that core was pretty much intact. Mine's a few pieces going to the NFL. Um, 2019, you went 13 and one. Went to the CFP, no national championship. 20, well, yeah, 2019, 20, 2020, the COVID year. The season, you know, was kind of cut short, cut short for the most part. But they still played out. They play, they're here to play um, eight games, seven games they played. You went seven and one. Went to the CFP. Went to the national championship game. No title. Twenty twenty one. No CFP. No national championship. Went to the Rose Bowl. Won it. But you finished the year eleven and two. You lost to Michigan. Twenty twenty two. Eleven and one. We'll see if, well, possible CFP if things, you know, fall their way this Saturday. And you lost to Michigan, back-to-back losses. Your overall record, Ryan Day's overall record at Ohio State is 45-5. and five. Now, to me, 
that job for that job if that job has four requirements in my opinion as me looking from the outside looking in that job has four requirements win the big 10 beat michigan get to the cfp and win the national championship you notice i didn't say rose bowl the rose bowl is for programs like iowa purdue wisconsin that's still that's that's their next championship i'm talking about ohio state their standards are a lot higher so with that being said i pose the question of is the grace period over for ryan day at ohio state right now i would say i mean look people looking at the resume he's only he's won 45 games since he's been there. Lost of only five. People will say, what's the issue? There is no issue, but you got to beat Michigan, man. That's a big no-no right there. Losing to Michigan back-to-back and not and not being um, the CFP, not winning national championships, that's a big no-no right there. Big no-go right there for that fan base, the boosters out there in the Columbus you know, um, thank you. Appreciate it. That's a big no-no right there for that team, for that uh program, the, the people that are fans of that program. I want to say I'm not saying I know he's not on the hot seat. I don't think they're gonna fire him, but I know that he's gonna be losing a lot of quite a few talent to the NFL next year to the NFL after this season and we just got to see you know how they replenish that talent i don't think uh yeah yeah marvin harrison the junior will be back quarterback will be an unknown for right now but if they stumble again if it falls off the rails to where they're not even in the conversation for a national championship next year or even a, the playoff, Bert, and you lose to Michigan. I won't be I won't be surprised if they do make a move. I won't be surprised. But it has to get really bad. Now, when I say really bad, where it, when I say that, I mean that it'll get bad to where they lose two games in, during the season. You lose two games during the season, and then – you lose to Michigan, and you're not even in the um, – you lose to Michigan once again, and you're not even in the conversation for a CFP. That's where they probably would make a move. I can see the, the AD and all that getting involved. But other than that, I think he's safe right now, but things can start to heat up next year. If um, It depends on the talent, too. Depends on the talent, help, things like that. But – I think he's good for right now, but that seat gonna get a little, a little gonna start to warm up down the road. You know, two year, two back to back losses to uh, Michigan ain't good. Urban Meyer, I think Urban Meyer never lost to Michigan. Ryan Day did it. Ryan Day lost back to back games against Harbaugh, and right now it's Michigan's turn. They're back on the, they're back on the. Um, they're back on top. This has been a long time since Michigan has been at this level. It has been a while, you know. 
But I think right now he's safe. But don't be surprised if that seat starts to heat up for um, Ryan Day in the, uh, going into next year. All right. All right, moving right along. All right, well, next I want to talk about to close it out. I want to talk about uh, this news that came out based on an article written from the Athletic, written by by an Athletic uh, NFL writer, Jeff Howe, talking about potential uh, QB moves during the offseason. And one particular move he was talking about was Tom Brady reuniting with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. So I'm going to go ahead and just read the excerpt, the, the, the part where he talks about Brady going back to the uh, New England Patriots. So first he mentions, just to segue, sum it up, he mentions teams like the Titans possibly possibly being interested, uh, the Raiders as well because he's uh, familiar with Josh McDaniels and his system, and the 49ers because he's from that area. He grew up in that area, and that was his uh, team he, he rooted for when he was growing up. But then he gets down to the Patriots and start, you know, talking about why he may consider going back to them. So I'm just going to go ahead and read it real quick. And finally, maybe hold on to your phone with two hands for this one. Don't ever write off the Patriots. Brady and Bill Belichick still have an abundance of respect for one another. They've made points to say it publicly on multiple occasions since the QB departed from Tampa. They also spent 23 minutes together in the visiting locker room at Gillette Stadium following Brady's return in 2021, an appointment that an appointment they set up prior to the game. The Patriots are slated to have more than $50 million in cap space in 2023, so they can address they can they can again address their flaws. This time's on the heels of a of a couple impressive draft classes. The issues. Not the egos, not the egos, not the pride. For Brady, he'd have known, he have to know the offense in capable hands. There have been criticisms of, criticisms of Matt Patricia's first season as a play caller, plenty warranted, others exaggerated. And Brady benefited by a, an abundance of stability with the offensive coordinator in New England. He'd either, he'd either need to be comfortable with Patricia or push for a reunion with someone like. Bell O'Brien, currently the Alabama offense coordinator, to ensure he's not wasting a season as a 46 year old. Sure, Brady will return. Sure, Brady will. Sure, Brady will return to run his offense, but he also can't coordinate it. for For the Patriots, this should want clarity on Brady's future. Is he going to? Is he going year to year? Do they need to fully guarantee a second season? something Belichick wouldn't do before Brady walked in 2020. Realistically, realistically, the Patriots wouldn't even need to trade Mac Jones, whose rookie contract runs through 2024, plus the fifth year, the fifth year option in 2025. While they certainly could, and as is the case with many starting quarterbacks, they start to trade conversations with the hopes of recouping a first round pick. There'd be loads of value in Jones learning from Brady. I'm going to just, Cut it off right there and pose the question of would this make sense for Brady to even do this? You left 
Now, the reason you left New England was because you didn't have help. You didn't have help on the offensive side of football. You felt like you couldn't, you know, I would say I guess you got tired of elevating C-level talent. You know, yeah, you did it. Hold on. Did it for so long in New England that, you know, people didn't really pay attention to it until you started to bring it up. But, you know, it's at the time his wife, you know, Giselle said, well, she said, well, he's unappreciated in New England. Things like that. Do you want to come back to that? You want to go back to working on the Belichick? You said it. They say you got fifty million cap space, but will he use it on the right on talent on talent that's gonna make his life better as a quarterback out there? You know, I mean, right now compared right now, to me, that just better options than the New England Patriots. Uh, if Brady had to leave Tampa Bay, he is a fridge in this offseason. And nobody really knows what's going to happen. He stated that he wants to play beyond this year, but we all know that could change. But to me, I don't think this makes sense, in my opinion, to go back to New England. And that's with the moves that they've made, even with the cap space and the brand of talent that they have in the draft right now. I wouldn't go there. I mean, if you want to move, I think San Francisco would be the spot, in my opinion. San Francisco is the team that you can come in right there, step right in, and compete for a championship. No questions asked. No, no answers, ifs or buts or doubts. They will be a Super Bowl contender from the day walk in. The Raiders, that's a they, they they have to rebuild the defense. You know, and they, despite you knowing, even even though you know Josh McDaniels as your offensive coordinator for all those years. You uh he's not the he's not the OC right now. He's not the OC of the team. He is the head coach. And so that's different levels of responsibility responsibility. Um New England, why would I why would I go to a team that has Matt Patricia as the defense, the offensive coordinator? You know, if I'm Brady, I will angle more for Bill O'Brien to come back. And also, will Belichick allow Brady to campaign for Bill O'Brien to come back to beat OC? Is he really relinquish, relinquish that type of power to Brady? Because that's what's part of the reason why he left. You know? They just got tired of each other, in my opinion. So, I don't think that uh, that would make the right move, make the right, the most sense right there. I would, If I was him, excuse me, I would go to San Francisco. And work with that team because that offense is that offense is tailor made for his style of QB. It's made for it. You have Christian McCaffrey, you would have Debo Samuel, um, Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, uh, the tight end uh, George Kittle, Yuskar Yuschek. That great defense offensive line is really good. I'll go to 49ers, you know, 
I wouldn't going back to New England. Uh, this one worked it to me, but that's a decision that Brady will have to make. <laughs> so I don't think that's the right move, man. And you know, this how this how this is how this stuff gets started, though, man. These stories sometimes they sometimes they have fire some fire to it, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they just surprise. Sometimes people write them and they just get a life of their own where, you know, narratives start to get pushed. Some, thing, some come out of it, some don't. I just think right now, man, if I'm Brady, I'll go to Florida. If I'm, if I'm going to continue playing, I'll go the best. I will go to the situation that's going to give me the best chance to get another championship. And that's the 49ers, in my opinion. So we'll see how everything plays out once the season is over. There's going to be a lot of, you know, once again, there might be some more QB movement, Braves free agents, so and people are going to be lined up to, to sign him. So we'll see. All right, that's all I have for y'all for right now, man. Give me a like, comment, subscribe to the channel. Let me know how you feel about the topics I talk about tonight. If you listen to this through Apple, Spotify, give us a five-star rating, leave your review leave your comments on anything that I talked about on this podcast. Also, check out strike7sports.com for latest content on the NFL, the NBA, and much more. Have a blessed night. Peace. I'm out.